World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Dobbenmeyer. You know, it's funny how uh, just little things trigger, trigger things, trigger they call it trigger for the for a reason, don't they? They say, "Boy, you got a hair." What do they call that hairspring trigger. In other words, things set you off quickly. But all of life is really triggered. All of our responses are triggered. And I, I was thinking thinking about that this morning, just as we as we're getting ready to go uh, go live here. Somebody, Jeff Nell, somebody mentioned something about evolution. I don't believe in evolution, and uh, I just want to. I got to throw this out on the table before I forget it. I believe in evolution, folks. I, I, I would hope everybody watching this believes in evolution. But the big mistake that they taught us in school is they haven't taught us the difference between macro evolution and micro evolution. And so they love to say, well, those Christians, they don't even believe in evolution. Well, that's, that's not true. It has to do with the origins of species. Origins. That's the debate in the evolution debate, and especially in our public schools. Why don't, why don't they teach creationism in school? Well, they don't teach creationism because it's tied to the Bible. Wake up, right? So therefore, if you remove creationism, as God as the creator of all life, if you take him off the table, not to be discussed in public schools, then you're left with evolution. And evolution is what? Well, the origin of species. Where did we all come from? But there's a two... Two things that really, really, <clears throat> most of us, I, hey, it took me forever to figure this thing out when they said that I didn't believe in science and I didn't believe in evolution. See, they, they do double talk on us, folks. There's a difference between what they call macro evolution and micro. Macro means large. Micro means small. Microscope, small. Well, macro evolution means huge, big, big mac, big macro Big macro changes. In other words, a bird becomes a gorilla. A bird becomes a gorilla. A bird goes from being a part of the bird family into becoming part of the uh, 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 mammal family. That's macro evolution. It's changes over species. There's no evidence anywhere that a that a turtle became a gorilla. No evidence at all. It's all make-believe. It's more make-believe than Disney, all right? But that's what they're teaching to our children because why? Because they're not allowed to teach creationism. Why, that's religious. But evolution's religious, folks. The theory of evolution, Darwin's theory, by the way, they call it a theory because it's unproven. It's a theory of evolution. It's an idea of where we came from. It's not, it's not proven fact. It's not proven science. If it was proven science, they wouldn't call it the theory of evolution. They would call it the proof of, ev- proof of evolution. So it's a theory. But microevolution, I see every day. 
Every day when I look at my grandchildren, I see microevolution. There was me and my wife. And we got together and we created Zach and Abby and Maggie. And then Zach created, he got married and he created Scarlett. Maggie got married and she created, uh, uh, I think I don't know their names, right? Em- Emery, Macy, Mia, and Declan. And Abby got married to Morgan, another guy, not, not another man, but a different family. And they created David and Reese and Annie and Cora. Well, folks, that's microevolution. We're all still human beings. We're all still mammals. Abby and Morgan didn't get married and produce a frog. They didn't get married and produce a cow. So microevolution is changes within species. That's where you can take a poodle and, and breed it with a cocker spaniel and get a cocker doodle. Cocker doodle dandy. It's a cup. Why? Because it's a micro change within species. All Christians believe that. So when they tell you that, that, that you're a science denier and you don't believe in evolution, folks, that's not even true. That's not even true. And most people, we can't even make that argument. So I sit here today, I believe in evolution. In fact, I'm not the same guy I was 20 years ago. I've evolved. I've changed. But I'm still a human being. In fact, not only am I still a human being, I'm still me. It's crazy, isn't it? We talked about yesterday being born again. I was born again. I became a brand new person at age 35. I was born again. I'm still me. You get it? So we have to, we can't be ignorant of Satan's devices and understand how he uses words and phrases, and we find ourselves repeating them because we've been programmed. So if somebody asks you, do you believe in evolution? What's your response? That's a question. What's your response when somebody asks you if you believe in evolution? Somebody want to give a response? Micro, sure. I, I believe in changes within species. Yeah, I believe that. But I don't believe a bird became a, a frog. I don't believe in macroevolution. Folks, we have, to, we have to understand the argument. Because otherwise, they're going to put you in, you're going to find yourself on some panel someday, and they're going to say, well, Mr. Now, do you believe in evolution? And because you have been misinformed, you're going to say no. And you're going to look like a fool. Right? So uh, you could say, uh, do I believe in Darwinian evolution? No, I don't believe in Darwinian evolution. No, I don't believe that. And then be able to be able to get into it, right? So these are these are all battles that we need need to learn to fight. And I don't know how I got on that, other than I was supposed to get on it, so I got on it. All right. Hey, Myra, pray us in here real quick. I, I got a, I got something for you this morning. You, you, Good morning. You'll be, glad, you'll, you'll be glad you're here. I'll be glad you're here. Go ahead, Myra. Sure, I will do that. Hey, Myra, I've seen I've seen an evolution in you. I've seen an Thank evolution you. in you in the last in the last two years. I've seen an evolution in you. Do you think there's been an evolution in you? Well, praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Thank you, you believe in evolution, you to, don't you? Yeah, you well, believe I mean, in evolution. In creation, yeah, evolution. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, you believe you believe in creation and evolution. You were created by God, and you have evolved within your species, haven't you? Yeah, I believe all. I believe all that yes, stuff. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. All right. Proverbs 19.23, King James Bible. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. 
Holy Amen. Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. Romans 3.17-2.18 King James Version. And the way of peace have they not known. No, they and haven't. there's no fear of God before their eyes. That's the truth. Romans 1.27-28 King James Version. And likewise, also the men living the natural use of the woman burned in their loss one to another with men working that which is unseemly and receiving yep. in themselves that recompense of their error they sure did. was met. That's right, and they sure even did. even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God yep. gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. Not convenient at all. Psalm 5.5 King James Version, the foolish shall not Stand in the sight, the hatest all workers of iniquity. God hates all workers of iniquity. Yes, he Romans does. Romans 6, 23, King James Version, for the wages of sin is death, but the yep. gift of God is eternal life through Jesus sure Christ, is. our Lord. Amen. Hebrews 10, 18, King James Version, now where remission of this is, there is no more offering of sin. 1 John 4, 18, King James Version, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. Amen, he, that, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, let us hold fast that the profession of our faith without wavering. He is faithful that promised. And let let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Amen. 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Romans, and we read in Romans 12 to 3 King James, um, King James Bible. And be not conformed to this world, but ye yep. be transformed by the renewing yep. of your mind. And ye may prove that is the Good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I release the anointing that breaks the joke of evil unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you, Myra. Oh, got some folks in here want to say something. Let's get up here real quick. I got. Hey, listen. I'm going to piggyback on yesterday. I'm going to piggyback on it yesterday. Those of you who say you're saved and aren't saved, I'm going to piggyback on it. You better buckle up. Colin Yates, that's a new one. Come on in, Colin. Got to unmute yourself. Can you hear me? What do I got to do? Yes, yes, sir. Good? We hear you. All right, yep. good. Well, it what you're talking about sounds a little bit like weather change. Now, two days ago it was almost 80 degrees, and yesterday it was 30 some degrees, and it was raining. So, last time I looked outside, the weather had indeed changed. So, I Com think climate I'm, climate change, right, Colin? Com exactly. Climate change. So yeah, it, we don't deny that. But uh, one thing I wanted to say though is be careful the words that we use such as human being, if you go look up in Black's, I believe it's Black's Law Dictionary, it uses the term monster. So we're supposed to, in my opinion, we're supposed to say man or woman. And um, there's a very simple solution to this whole gender thing. It's a very simple. Everyone is man. Mm. Some men have wombs and some don't. That's why the ones with wombs are called woman and those that don't are called man. It's a very simple thing. And Words reason, matter. Right. And the reason that's important is you, it's impossible to understand what was being said in the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, where it says all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. 
So those are extremely important terms on a lien. Then, well, first of all, it's not inalienable. Right. right? Can't put a lien against it. Can't put a lien against it. Exactly. Not inalienable, which simply means you can't be alienated from it. And then endowed also nails it because, it, you, you know, you'll hear people phrase and they say, oh, well, you have God-given rights. You have constitutional rights. No, that's not true at all. God didn't give us <laughs> They're endowed rights. They're God-endowed rights. Right. We are endowed with certain unalienable rights. Endowed means upon conception. So there's no argument. So So, so words have have meaning, don't they, Colin? Most definitely. So, friends, I'm not a see. I'm not a science denier. I believe in climate change. I don't believe in man-made climate change. You got to understand the words that they use. See, they lure you in. Wordsmiths lure you in. Welcome, Colin. Good to have you, Thank Paul. You. Yeah, you guys. You listen. You guys are going to let me get. To, I'm going to get there no matter what. Okay, I'm going to get there. You stay with me. Go ahead, Paul. Well, I took a Duke university course for those higher learning pseudo-intellectual yes sir yes sir and when i took it it was the uh um it's about speciation and one of the things they do to lure you in is they also give you required reading by darwin right yep yep what happens is it's a fascinating study but those who read that book written by mason to keep that in mind and want to be more intellectual then they recruit them, just putting it out. I didn't read the damn thing. Good. Maybe that's why you're somewhat smart, right? Hey, Paul, listen, folks, for all of us out there, I talked about this the other day. Evil comes in many forms. Evil comes in many forms. There's not a mason behind every tree. Oh, there are a lot of trees, a lot of different trees, all right? Kevin. Coach, I believe the same thing, but I call it environmental adaptation. So if I take two groups of wolves from Colorado, I send one group to Alaska and I send another group to central Mexico. The group that goes to Alaska over the following generations will become bigger, heavier. Mm -hmm. The fur will become thicker because they have to adapt to the environment, colder environment, food source. The ones in Mexico become smaller, lighter. Um, They don't have to have as thick a fur because it's a warmer climate. I believe that. I believe all that. Yeah. If you take both those groups and send them back to Colorado over the following generations, it will revert back again to what it originally was. And there are scores of examples all over the world of that exact scenario happening. So so Christians can believe in adaptations within species? We can believe in all that, can we? Yeah, yeah, we we get that. Sure, right? But see, they've made us they've made us admit that we don't believe in evolution and dumb Christians we say, Yeah, I don't believe in it. I don't believe. It. See, we don't we don't they they beat us with words. Jim, come on in. James J, come on in. Then Bernie. Morning. Morning, coach. Problem I have with evolution being taught in the school is they made so, I hate it. It's a religion. That's why I hate it. Go ahead. Right. And I agree, coach, one hundred percent. Uh but they're you know, they may put a the theory label on it, but they teach it as fact. Otherwise, yep. why are we at this point in our timeline where we're having to deal with furries? Well, how, Jim, let's go even a little deeper than that. If there is no God and we're not made in the image of God, then why, why is there value to any life? What, what does any life matter, right? If we're just animals that's evolved, uh, no moral conscience, no right or wrong, everybody doing what's right in their own eyes. That's how we end up with them forcing vaccinations on us. And 
uh, pilots dying. I got I got a lot of good stuff. If you guys quit talking, I got a lot of good stuff. Come on in, Bernie. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. Uh, Coach, I'm going to challenge you on this. Um, reasonably, I used to use those terms, but I've given up on that okay. because evolution um, implies by chance and without purpose um, with that it just happened and also that knowledge was gained, which is different from adaptation would mean that there's already <clears throat> built in within us, all right, those purposeful mm-hmm. things that do adapt, all right? And so if you adapt back, forward and backward, then that would be oscillation, not evolution and growth. Uh, and growth uh, this, um, uh, hey, Ber- picking scabs here, Bernie, here's the truth. It all starts because mm-hmm. we don't have God at the origin. If we had well, God at but, the origin, but, you can use whatever term you want to use. But you have, but but what I'm saying is that there's a difference between giving God's providence and God's hand working and things happening randomly without God's hand. Okay, I, I, that's that's Bernie. I think that's, we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page. Well, 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 if we, we begin are, to teach, I, if we if we begin to teach everybody that they were created in the image of God, then well, some of these arguments would go away. To say we have God-given rights, we have to show that God has rights. But show there's a God. Right. <laughs> or who God is, right? There you go. We're on the same so, team. We're on the yeah, same no, team. I think we're on the same team. I just, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just arguing purpose over purposeless. Gotcha, right? man. Accountability versus, versus antinomian. Okay. Gotcha. Rochelle. Rochelle. Real quick, Coach, just to sum this up, um, what Kevin said with the wolves, the the information was already in those wolves to change. In other words, um, our DNA code is being corrupted over time. It doesn't get better. I've got more mutations than my mama, um, and there is no addition of data ever recorded in any species, only mutations. um, But this is not a bummer. It leads us to our savior. Okay, so let me ask you this, folks, all of you out there. Who are having your pastors and others tell you not to listen to Coach Dave live because I'll what whatever. Have you have you ever been into a, a have you ever been in a church service where your pastor explained to you what I just explained to you? Has anybody ever been in a church service where that happened? Where your pastor talked about uh, evolution, what it meant, the lies of it, and the deceptive nature of it, and how it has destroyed uh, the. The, the idea of God in the hearts of our children. Have you ever heard a sermon on that in church? And I would say no. Nope. You probably haven't. That's why Christians are so stupid about it, right? Because then we have to do, can I use this term? Then we have to go to secular sources. Sec- oh, we're not going to listen to you. That, that's religion. We're going to go to secular sources. In other words, we're going to go to those who don't even believe there's a God and let them tell us what's going on. How stupid are Christians? How stupid are we? Really? Jessica. Coach, I just wanted to say I was tracking with what Bernie was saying. It goes back to what Colin was saying. Words matter. So I think what Bernie was trying to say was, by definition, evolution already, to say evolution, it already sends us to a place that we don't even want to be in. So It sends us to a place because they've programmed that word to be something it wasn't. That's the problem. We believe evolution to be something. I'm on Bernie's side. I'm on your side, Jessica. It's not the word that's bad. It's what they've done to the word. Yeah, I don't know if they hijacked it or if that word actually means that. You know what I'm saying? So that's just something I need to look into. 
Yep, yep. Changes within species, adaptations. I'm with you. But folks, we have to we have to relate where the world is. The world uses the word evolution. We have to be able to counter where they are and then take them to the truth. If they're speaking evolution, then I need to speak evolution until I get their attention and they think I have some sense. And now they have me some sense. Now I can lead them to adaptations. And then I can lead them to creative design. I can lead them to all that stuff. But I can't have an argument with them. They're calling it evolution and I'm calling it it, 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 uh, we have to come to a common ground. And folks, I've told you this a number of times. I try, first of all, to destroy their argument before I give them mine. I try to show them how foolish their opinion is. Make them defend their foolish position. And boom, I got them. Rather than me trying to come to them and tell them what I think, because they think my position is foolish, Right? So I'm not arguing with Jessica. I'm not arguing with Bernie. I'm, I, agree, I, agree with, I agree with it. But the word evolution has been polluted. Am I ever going to get to where I want to get? My goodness. Keith. Just go, coach. Those hands can wait. Okay. Oh, I, you know That's me, man. It's your, your show. It's my show. Let's I know. Go. What time is Let's it? Let's go. Chat. Look get at the chat. monologue get out, and then we can talk. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I didn't start with a monologue because I um, – um, Thanks, Chad. Yesterday's show was really profound. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of comments from a lot of people about it. And the whole idea, we ought to be able to do a whole study on that, really, on what Christianity is all about and what salvation is all about and why Jesus had to go and die on the cross and wages of sin is death and shedding without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin and all of that. And being born again and what does it mean? And, because can I tell you, that's Christianity 101 which, by the way, I have a CD on that, Christianity 101. And the average Christian that I come in contact with does not understand Christianity 101, which is kind of one chapter that, that we talked about yesterday. Why? Why? Why salvation? What the heck for? What, what the heck was that all about? Why did Jesus come? Why did he come? For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. He might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. He didn't come to save you. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And what is the work of the devil? Well, he's, he lies. He steals. He corrupts. And Jesus came to destroy all that. How do you destroy all the works of the devil? With truth? Justice? Right? So, this, this, folks, this isn't complicated. This isn't hard. But we, we're, we, we get a message in our churches that is so complex. We feel like we have to make a relevant message every day. Or people go home after church. I hate, I'd hate to be a pastor. I couldn't be one. I hate to go home, be in a car, and people driving home. They didn't like the sermon. It, 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 it wasn't uplifting. Honey, I don't know if I can go back there anymore. That, that wasn't uplifting. Honey, I, I didn't get fed. Is that way you go to church? You go to fed for a freaking smorgasbord? Really? And can I tell you what the problem is? Pastors, you're serving up a damn smorgasbord. And so they're expecting it when they come, that they're going to come there and they're going to feel better and they're going to feel the spirit. Well, is that, is that really what, is that what you're supposed to go to church for? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I got up this morning, man, I so full of the spirit this morning. I don't need to go to church to do it, but I don't want to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, even more as I see the day approaching. I can't wait to get down here in the morning and talk to the however many of you. This is my, this is my fellowship. I don't have to go to some building. Now, should I? Should we? Well, that's a decision each of us have to make. But again, 
to be put into prison the idea that you have to show up at a brick and mortar church? Should we? And do we have to? Those are not the same questions. See? Those are not the same questions. And so uh, that's where I went yesterday, right? Talking about why Jesus really died, the wages of sin. The, the, you, hey, go back and watch it. But right in the middle of yesterday, I see all those hands up there. Chad gave me permission to roll. Then we, then we can get to it, okay? Because yesterday in the midst, the very midst, the very midst of, of uh, the program that we were doing yesterday, the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder. I told you he does that to me. Sometimes it's in the chest. Yesterday he tapped me on the shoulder. Some, some of you may not want to, you may not want to watch the rest of this because I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something that's going to be really, really, you're not going to deal with it. And the Holy Spirit said to me, <clears throat> uh, coach, I think he said coach. He, he speaks in a, he speaks in a language, but I recognize that language is coach. Actually, it's not a real voice. It's a, it's in my nowhere. I'm in, I'm in direct contact with the Holy Spirit. And I have this thing which says, the Bible says that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. Well, I have that, I have that, I have that knower in me. I hear that Spirit. I can't explain it to you. I hear it. I hear it. And so he said to me yesterday, <clears throat> oh, are you guys sitting down? He said, uh, Coach, a lot of the people that you're talking to, this is my interpretation, not translation, my interpretation. He said, Coach, a lot of the people that you're talking to, they're all messed up because they don't know how to forgive. I'm just going to stop there a minute because that's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Born again and unforgiving. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Spiritual poison. Born again and carrying resentment. Born again, received forgiveness from the Lord, but unwilling to forgive others. In fact, unwilling to forgive those who are closest to you, who have hurt you the most. You don't have to say amen. You can just say it under your breath because the Holy Spirit knows. And the Bible tells us that there are many of us who are sick. We're sick. Because why? Unforgiveness. Root of bitterness in your heart. So I got up this morning. It bothered me all day yesterday, the spiritual poison Here's how it here's how it happened to me. After the show was over, uh, after the show was over, I told Michelle. I said, I think I know what tomorrow's show is about. And she said, What is it? I said, It's uh, unforgiveness. I said, There are a lot of there are a lot of people, Christians in general, a lot of Christians, who right now are dealing with family members, relatives, friends, and they are sick at their stomach because. Somebody said something, did something, whatever, and they cannot forgive them. You don't have to say amen. I'm, I know I'm talking to a lot of us here. I know. And at the heart of unforgiveness is pride. 
the heart of it. And uh, I was Michelle and I. His, I was talking with Michelle and I were just. How did I get here? That that was kind of what I said to Michelle. How did I get here? And I began to ruminate. That means think. I learned that big word yeah, a long time ago. I began. Are you are you listening to me now? I began to ruminate about all the people who screwed me over. Now, I could I could open up the phone lines right now, and you could all ruminate on all the people who screwed you over. And you know what? Here I am. Thank God the Lord brought them in my life to screw me over. Now, did, did, he, did he bring them into my life to screw me over? No, I don't know if he did. But they came into my life, and they sure screwed me over. And so I mentioned to Michelle, I wonder, I said to her yesterday, I wonder what, I mentioned the guy's name, who led kind of the fight against me in, in London, Ohio, with praying with our kids. I mentioned that guy's name. I says, I wonder if he ever thinks about me now. And then I said to her, I never think about him. Because personal affront, personal offense, anger, resentment does not affect the person you're pissed at. <laughs> it has no impact on it at all. It impacts you. It's poison in you. Right? Amen. And the hardest thing, most of us, again, Christians, Christians unwilling to forgive. Now, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to show you some scriptures. Stay, bear with me a second. Chad gave me permission. Jesus, when he's hanging on the cross, Jesus was hanging on the cross because just a chapter before, he was healing in the temple. And while he was healing in the temple, he made the comment that I have the, he had the power to forgive sins. And it ticked off the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the uh, Sanhedrin, ticked them off. And they came down and said, wait a minute, dude, wait, hey, 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 hang on here. You say you got the power to forgive sins? And Jesus said, sure, what's easier, which is harder, saying your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. So he said to that lame man, hey, dude, take up that bed and walk. And they were amazed the guy took up the bed and walked. And Jesus said, well, if they'll do that, well, I can forgive sins, basically paraphrase it. And then they nail him on the cross for the remission of their sins. And when, they, when they're nailing him to the cross, what did Jesus say? He said, Father, forgive them. He didn't say, I forgive them. He said, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. But don't miss this. Jesus Christ himself, for whatever reason, well, this will sound almost blasphemous. In his humanity, didn't want to forgive him. First of all, you can't be forgiven of something you have not apologized for. Well, that's deep. 
And a lot of you are carrying around a bitterness because all you want them to do is apologize. So if they would just apologize, they won't even apologize. But Jesus is hanging on the cross and he thinks they ought to apologize. This is my version of it, okay? And he says, Dad, you're going to take care of this one. I'd forgive them, but they haven't asked for it. I'd forgive them. They haven't asked for it. Amen. So, Dad, I give you permission. I give you permission to forgive them for me. Go ahead. Father, forgive them. Yeah, go ahead and forgive them. It's okay by me. Right? Because why? You cannot forgive someone. We all know this deep inside our psyche or whatever. We all know this. That you can. She didn't even say she was sorry. Yes or no? They didn't even say they were sorry. And so you carry a grudge because they didn't even say they were sorry. When Jesus himself said, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. Forgive them, Dad. They don't even know what they're doing. And we run into that every day. Dare I say it? You run into it in your family and with your friends. And can I tell you this? How many people who used to be in the queue aren't in the queue today because why? A root of bitterness sprung up inside of them. Coach said this, or Clay said that, or Mark said that, and boy, they got offended. Yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Coach, you're all over it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you something right now. You're the Christian. You are. And you are commanded to forgive them. Now, hey, hang on. Doesn't mean you forget. Doesn't mean you forget. But if you think, if you, you can imagine that you are going to stand before Almighty God with all the crap you've done, and he's going to forgive you. He ain't going to hold not one grudge against you. And he said that in the same way that you forgive your brother, I'm going to forgive you. This is serious stuff. And there are some of you right now, oh, can I get into it here? I see all the hands. Hang on. Bring it up. Consequences of spiritual poison. Bring it up on the screen there. Some of you are poisoning yourself. You're poisoning your spirit through unforgiveness, holding grudges, resentment, wanting to get even, hoping they get what they deserve. You don't have to say amen. Unforgiveness prevents God from forgiving our sins. Our Father in heart in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those, as in the same manner in which, sorry, my, in the same manner that you're forgiving me, hey, Lord, you're, my, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve any forgiveness from you, but I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And he says, okay, I'm going to forgive you in the same way you forgive others. And you're holding a grudge against somebody. I'll hold a grudge against you. Yes or no? Is that what is that what it teaches? So unforgiveness prevents God for um, Michelle. Michelle said she had a little bit of torment in her sleep last night. Not telling the story on Michelle. Not not uncovering my wife. And I was thinking about it this. How many of you folks are having trouble sleeping at night because there's a root of bitterness that's grown up inside your heart? You're angry about something. 
someone. Number two, unforgiveness opens us up to torments from the devil. Fear hath torment. Now, what do you do? Say, Coach, listen. Uh, my, my son has so disrespected me. My son has so disrespected me. And I haven't spoken to him in three years. Let me ask you something. How stupid is that? How stupid is that? And why haven't you spoken to your son in three years? Is it because something he did or because you won't forgive him for what he did? Which is it? And if the Lord holds you to that same standard, he forgave you once you do it again, does he quit talking to you? Does he cut you off? No, well, I tried that Betty. She just didn't. That Betty, she just didn't. I ain't talking to her. What the Lord did that to you? Hey, folks, you're poisoning yourself. Number three, unforgiveness can block God from answering your prayers. It's a root of bitterness. Seeds that are sown grow roots. That's why they say to get it, dig it out by the roots. Go down and get it out by the roots. Pull up the roots, the root of bitterness. What what are you still mad at a family member over? And don't you understand it is blocking the flow of Christ into your life? It's not a salvation issue, I don't think. Unforgiveness can defile a person. You ever been around griping, moaning people? Huh? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Oh, you're mad at your husband. You're mad at your son. You're mad at your daughter. You're mad at your coworker. You're mad at blah, 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 blah. Continue to repeat. It defiles you. Father, forgive him. Lord, I got to tell you, that that guy that I was thinking about yesterday, Lord, I got to tell you something. Every time I see his face, I still get mad, Lord. I still get mad, but Lord, forgive him for me. Help me forgive him. Help me forgive him, Lord. I forgive him as much as I can in my, I I, I forgive him, Lord. But you're going to have to help me with this one. Unforgiveness can give Satan an advantage. Wow. Unforgiveness can prevent us from being fully, being fruit. Unforgiveness can prevent you from being fruitful spiritually. Why? I wish you guys could all come with me. Mark Trump would know this, and and uh, uh, Ryan would, would know this, and uh, Richard would know. Several people would know this. Come up to Sky High with me. It's nothing but roots, twisted vines embedded thorns wrapped around each other. It just prevent, it chokes off everything around it. I've had two years of cleaning up, we're cleaning it up, and, and it's coming to life. But it ain't bear, it's so, it was so hard to get the land to, to bear fruit up there until I got some of those vines cut down and pulled out of the trees. And A lot of you are not spiritually where you could be if you learn to forgive. Unforgiveness can open us up to curses. 
Yep, it sure can. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Let me go on, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Let me go on. I want to give you some scriptures here today. Look, here's what some of you need to do. <clears throat> Pardon me, I got to find it here. Some of you guys, some of you got to swallow your pride. You got to pick up the phone, and you've got to call somebody, maybe even today, and say, "I'm sorry." I'm so I don't know what happened to our relationship, but I want you to know I'm sorry. Whatever I've done to offend you, please forgive me. Because you're not call you're not going to call them and ask them to forgive you. They're holding a grudge against you. Why they're saying why won't Clay just say he's sorry? Clay, why won't you just say you're sorry? Because you're waiting for them to. You were the one that was offended. I was offended. They owe me an apology. All right. You don't have it. You don't play any role in this thing. There isn't anything that you've done. You can't pick up the phone and say, uh, "Hey, listen. Just want you to know. I was thinking of, thinking about you today, and I was thinking about boy the day that you were born, and wow, what a blessing you were to me, to our family. And I just want you to know I love you. And I, and hey, listen. I know we've had our troubles and. I know I, I know that I'm sometimes that we're at each other's throat, but I just I want you to know that, man, I, I I sure love you, and would you would you forgive me? If there's something I've done, would you forgive me? Would you help me start this relationship over again? See, you won't do that because you want them to do it. <laughs> You want them to call you. So you're going to ask yourself, which one of us is the Christian here? Which one of us is really going to bear fruit? Am I going to ask them? Well, they can't do it because they are offended. They're not going to do it. And you're saying, well, I'm not going to call them. I'm the wild. Hell, they did that to me. Well, so you're offended, right? It's the rock of offense. Stay with me. I see the hands. Go to number one real quick. Number one. These are all good, man. These are all good. For where two or three God, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Seven times? Jesus said, what the heck's wrong with you, dude? Seven times? So you got to keep doing it over and over and over. Seventy times. Seven. Yeah. Hey, hey, you got to stop. You got to just kind of keep forgiving him. Why? Because therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. Scroll on down, please. Or up, whatever. Therefore is the kingdom of God likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him, which owed him some money. I think it's money. He says 10,000 talents. But for as much as he didn't have any money to pay, his Lord said, okay, well, how? Take his house from him then his wife and his children. Take everything he has, because he owes me money. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped and said, Lord, help, I, I, I ain't got the money. I'll pay you. The Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. 
See, that's me on the ground when the Lord says, I'm taking everything you got. And I said, Lord, that's all I got. I forget, I, I, Lord, that's all I got. And the Lord moved with compassion and says, okay, I forgive you. And then that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him $28. He grabbed and said, hey, dude, when are you going to pay up? I got bills I got to pay, dude. When are you going to pay up? And that guy fell down on his feet and bought him. He said, hey, 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 deal with me, dude. I just lost my job. I've gone through COVID. Uh, I, I'll pay you, I promise. And that same guy who had just received grace from his father cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Folks, cast him in the prison of unforgiveness. Cut him off from all relationship until he paid him the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were, they were sorry. And they went to the Lord and said, you know what this guy just did? You forgave him all that debt, and he wouldn't forgive that guy 25 bucks. He said, should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant? He doesn't have that pity on thee. And his Lord was unbelievably ticked off that that servant would not forgive somebody when he had been forgiven so much. The Lord was wroth. Look at this. And he delivered him to the tormentors. Till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do that to you if you from your heart forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that he who is forgiven much loves much. He is forgiven much, forgives, it would seem to me. Now, hang on. That doesn't mean your best buddies. That doesn't mean your best buddies. But if you think you're going to walk around and be healthy, wealthy, and wise with bitterness in your heart towards a brother, you are greatly mistaken. And some of you right now today, including me, are your spiritual growth and your spiritual effectiveness is being blocked because of the unforgiveness in your heart against somebody who did you wrong. I'm going to get even. I remember when he did that to me. Bible says he remembers it. I got, I got 10 verses. One after another, after another, after another, after another. And I sometimes go some places, and you do too. And I run into people, and they, I don't even want to be around them. They are so angry. And they don't even know what they're angry about. That is the fruit. That is the spiritual poison of unforgiveness, friends.
I could go on and on. I, I got a lot more to share. <clears throat> Keep on going. Here's what bro. I think. Here's what I think some of you need to do. Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> Pull up number one. Pull up number one, Spence. Is that what we just did? Is that is that what I just did was number one? Pull up number two. Let's go down through these real quick. <clears throat> Leviticus 19. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any... Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Go to the next one. Number three, approaching the altar. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, You bring the sacrifice of praise to the altar. You go to church and you dance and lift your arms and twirl around. Oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you get there and you remember that you got an ought against, that your brother has an ought against you. You better leave that gift there on the altar and you better get your butt up and you better go be reconciled to your brother. So don't bring me that gift. So you've squared things with your brother. Next one. Be angry. And sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. I learned a long time ago that that word place right there you can check me if you want, is topos. Topos means position of opportunity. Neither give any position of opportunity to the devil. The root of bitterness will destroy your family, your friends, you. Go to the next one, Spence. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many are being defiled. <clears throat> Don't talk to me about how much your neighbor's bothering you. You aren't reconciled to him. Number five, root of bitterness. Man, I'm about out of time. <clears throat> Looking diligently, looking diligently, Hebrews 12, 15. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby, thereby many be defiled. Hey, folks, hurt people hurt people. Bleeding people bleed on other people. Stop the bleeding. Six. If a man says, I love God, and is ticked off at his brother, he's a liar. For thee that loveth not his brother, whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother 
also. Even more so, your own children, for heaven's sakes. Your husband, for heaven's sakes. How can the Lord bless your home life when you have such a root of bitterness against your spouse or your child? Or What? How can that? What? Number seven, I think. I don't know. I'm about done here. I'm about out of time. I'll get you in here. And be kind one to another. Ephesians 4. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. God didn't want to forgive you. But his son says, come on, Dad, that's the deal. (laughs) Come on, that's the deal we made here. He says, okay. All right. So I think that this root of unforgiveness and bitterness is paralyzing many of us, many of us. Amen. And before I open it up, which I'm going to here in a second, you got some of you got a decision you got to make. Are you going to open the door? Are you going to extend a hand in forgiveness? Listen, without asking or expecting them to forgive. If you're just going to forgive them because it's what the Lord told you to do. I always told my wife, somebody said this, it's good. Women forgive, they just never forget. And I often say, I thought you forgave me of that. Why do you keep bringing that up? You know why they keep bringing it up? Because they never really forgave me of it. I'm not saying you forget. I'm not saying that every relationship becomes hunky-dory and lovey, lovey, lovey. I'm not saying that. But all you can do, all you can do is extend a hand and apologize and expect nothing in return from them. I'm not calling you to get you to apologize to me. I'm calling you because the Bible commands me to be reconciled to you. I love you. You are my son. I would do anything for you. Please forgive me. And then don't engage in an argument about who was right and who was wrong and you did this and I did that. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter who did what. Forgive me for the role that I played in this. I want to be reconciled to you. It's not easy, but that's what has to be done. Come on in, Roger. We got five minutes here. Come on, Jerry. Morning, Coach. I got no but I'll make it quick. You're on fire today, man. Oh, wow, are you ever on fire? That's some deep stuff there. It's the best um, medicine. Listen, this is the best medicine the Holy Spirit could ever give you, folks. Amen. Get, and, get and, that bitterness out of your heart. Go ahead. And I need it today. I do because I have to confront my brother, and I got bitterness there. He hung me off of a six-story balcony by my feet. So I have to forgive him, right? Uh, yep. Not that I have to. I want to. That's I right. That's right. You want to forgive him. He's your brother. I got a question, though, and I struggle with this. When you forgive somebody, and, and, and I have, I've forgiven this one person, but they're bitter. When I get around them, it's like a toxic relationship the minute I get near them. And, and I'm doing nothing wrong as I see, but <clears throat> is forgiveness 
forgiving this person, do I still have to be around them considering how? No, 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 no. It's like, it's like, uh, Lord, I have to help my unbelief, right? Lord, I, I forgive them. And Lord, this is an ongoing process. I want you to know I, I forgive them, Lord, as much as I can. Help me forgive them, Lord. Help me forgive them. But a pro- public uh, affirmation that I say to you, I'm sorry, is all you can do. And then allow the Lord to work. That's all That's all you can do. Thanks. And every time you think of that person and that bitterness comes back up, just take it to the Lord again. Lord, help me forgive them. Help me, Lord. I don't want to carry this. Awesome advice. God bless. Because it won't go away just because you say, I'm sorry. It ain't going to go away, right? But you're going you're gonna to crack that devil right in the freaking teeth. That's what you're going to do. Dale. Brother, this is, it. you know, it is a profound teaching that, that most Christians struggle with, including pastors, brother. Let me tell you what, that's the yeah. one of the biggest reasons why pastors distance themselves from people is that they have not prepared their hearts to be hurt by people, right? That's right. That's, r- that's right. That's right. They, they, and, they say, well, he left my church without even telling me. Okay, well, forgive him. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and many different <laughs> And, and pastors need to get over that. And, Coach, I, I do that teaching on what you're saying, the root of bitterness. It says, let no root, Hebrews chapter 12, 15, let no root of bitterness spring up amongst you by where many are defiled. Brother, those are huge because the, there's a root and there's a fruit. That's but right. The root, the root has the beginning, <clears throat> and I've always taught it is the seed of unforgiveness. And when you read in the crucifixion of Matthew chapter 27 and 28, when when they asked him, do you want us to release Barabbas or Jesus? It says that the Pharisees and Sadducees had envy in their heart and shouted, crucify him. Brother, mm. that is the end result of defilement right there. Amen. Amen. So, folks, listen, you, uh, uh, your job is to forgive. Your do- I can't believe I'm running out of time. Roger, try it again. Roger, we can't hear you. You playing games with me today? Kevin. Coach, forgiveness is the willful act of releasing another person from the debt that you perceive that they owe you. That's what Jesus did, right? Yep. He forgave you. He died on the cross. You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. No, that's right. And quickly, there's two problems with it. First off, you're the one who ends up having to carry the debt around. So you're sound with it, not Makes you sick. That's right. That's right. And that debt builds interest. So it grows (laughs) and grows and grows. Love you, brother. Betty. Can you? Yeah, you, I'll tell you what, you hit it on the nose, and I think you're talking to me. <laughs> I know you're talking to everybody, but I mean, every day it's like, please, you know. But I tell you what, I have connected from my brothers and my cousin, sometimes even my husband, I've, but I, I'm not disconnected from my hubby, but I've learned to forgive and to say sorry. But like my family at home, I've dis- disconnected because I say, sorry, I text them to see how they're doing, and they don't respond back. Yeah, so- but you're not responsible for that. You're not responsible for that. You're responsible for you saying, I'm sorry. You're not yeah. responsible for that. You want to deliver yourself, not them, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Quickly, quickly, Colin, Colin, new one. Come in, Colin. Yes, if I may, on a more practical note, simply say that better to forgive them now than to have to ask forgiveness for yourself being absent from God for days and weeks and months, mm. if Amen. not years. So well, fact, not only that, not not only that, you're just making yourself sick. You just it's spiritual poison. Unforgiveness 
is spiritual poison. God bless you. Amen. Amen.